1: Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at xfinity.com slash XFi.
0: Hey, this is Annie, and you're listening to Stuff I've Never Told You. Well, it's flu season, or I guess it is because everyone in the office is sick or just got over being sick or looks like they might about to be getting sick. It's kind of stunning, and I'm really fortunate to have a healthy immune system, and I haven't gotten sick in many years, but I'm starting to get a little nervous, a little paranoid, taking extra precautions. I do not want whatever's going around. This classic episode takes a look at the man flu, along with other differences between men and women exhibiting illness. And I remember when it came out, men in my life came up to me and they swore up and down that the man flu was real. So stay well, everybody, and enjoy this classic episode. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: and welcome to the podcast. I'm Caroline. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, every winter, and I don't mean to sound mean to my dad, hi, dad, but every winter my dad gets some sickness, Mm -hmm. some regular run-of-the-mill, like sniffles, kind of aches and pains, and he acts as if the end is near. Oh, no. I know. And then he goes to his doctor and his doctor's like, go home. You're fine. Eat 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 some soup. Right, have an orange. Get over it. But apparently, he's not the only one. Apparently, this is a theme with his gender.
3: Yeah, I did not know that the term man flu existed before we started researching this podcast, Um, but apparently, it's pretty common in the UK, and it is an expression uh, that's a tongue-in-cheek term used to describe how men may tend to inflate they're symptoms of what is probably just a common cold into a life-threatening illness. <laughs> and they want to be waited on hand and foot as they get better. Right. And I, I mean, I've seen this before. I, I used to live with dudes. Mm-hmm. So
2: I've seen where, you know, guys can tend to be all weak and whiny, especially if they have a girlfriend or
3: someone available or a mom to to wait on them and bring them soup and such. Yeah, if they have a way to take advantage of it. Now, I'm not going to lie. Uh sometimes like if there's someone around me <laughs> and I'm sick and I and I know that things can be done for me, I may or may not take advantage of that. Right. But, uh, but man flu is supposedly this, uh, this thing that, that, that guys do. And uh, Dr. Charles Risen, who is the clinical director of the Mind and Body Program at Emory University School of Medicine here in Atlanta, Georgia, says that it might be because um, men get, uh, become more emotionally vulnerable when they are physically sick. Yeah, they
2: actually it's possible that they actually experience the physical symptoms symptoms of a cold or the flu worse mm-hmm. than women do whereas we might be more emotionally vulnerable yes. and be willing to talk about our problems right <laughs> men maybe are more vulnerable when they are ill and then they feel like okay this is my time to be vulnerable <laughs> yeah. because it's it's easier to be vulnerable when you're sick and you feel all achy and sn- sniffly and whatever than it is if you're like if your feelings are hurt she' you're like, no, I'm a man. I'm just going to tough it out, I'm a dude.
3: Uh, and the thing is, there is some scientific evidence to back up at least the gender differences in um, immune systems. And specifically that women might have stronger. That's right, fellas, stronger immune systems than men. Right. It's all thanks to our double X chromosomes. Yeah. Chromosomes coming in handy. This is uh, some research that came out of Ghent University in Belgium this past fall. And they looked at the role of microRNAs encoded on the X chromosome, of which women have a two. um, And they think that the microRNAs have something to do with our... Uh, superior immunity. So,
2: speaking of women and gender differences, it's already been shown in, in some studies that we tend to live longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with this evidence that we have stronger immune systems, I just think it's interesting because we just seem to be winning. Winning yeah. the contest of, of, of living. I, I don't know.
3: Well, anyway. <laughs> we're, we're better equipped to fight sepsis. Infection and trauma And this is not just in female humans This is also in other female mammalian species Right, and it has to do with gene silencing mm-hmm. um, since,
2: But uh, the, the X chromosome is tied to immunity And with gene silencing if, if part of our X chromosome gets silenced To make it kind of simplistic mm-hmm. um, We've still got this other one hanging out right. Whereas men have an X and a Y and so if they're Uh, if their genes tied in with immunity
3: get silenced, then they're just... And they're like, uh ooh, I got nothing. And the reason why um, genes play such an important role in sickness, disease, and conversely, immunity is because genes produce the proteins in our bodies which are then responsible for things like our looks, um, our development, um, how we function, both good and bad. So when it comes to diseases, if you have a faulty gene gene that might lead to some faulty proteins, which might lead to then faulty protein-related activity, leaving you sickly. And faulty. And faulty. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: Cambridge, a, a study out of Cambridge in 2010 um, said that the man flu is not a myth. Yeah. And that it has a lot to do with... Um, with gender differences in immunity. And Dr. Oliver Restiff said, in many cases, males tend to be more prone to get infected or less able to clear infection. And he cites the interference between male hormones and immunity, as well as risk-taking behavior that goes back
3: to our caveman ancestors. Mm -hmm. So speaking of risky behavior, this is the perfect time to talk about hormones because the male tendency toward risk behavior is linked back to testosterone, Mm -hmm. okay? And in 2009, there was a study out of McGill University Health Center that claimed that estrogen in the female body, could also provide um, some inflammatory response against bacterial pathogens because it blocks the production of an enzyme called caspase 12, which blocks the inflammatory process. Um, so, not only might the microRNA in our X uh, chromosome help us out in terms of living longer and fighting trauma and an infection, but then estrogen comes along gives us a little bit more of a boost whereas testosterone is putting men physically in danger all the time right estrogen stimulates the immune responses
2: uh, and testosterone is an immunosuppressant yeah just like you said so from the get go right
3: out of the gate you're just men you're just more sickly sorry now another component of that cambridge research that you brought up caroline is that uh, males tend to uh, their priority tends to be in making sure that they can reproduce, right. whereas females tend to make sure that they are physically healthier and stronger. Able to nurture. Mm-hmm. So instead of um, resting up... And getting themselves back into uh, to health, men might put themselves at a higher risk for reinfection by just going out <laughs> and trying to keep mating. Must mate, must mate. Well, but it's
2: interesting because, I, yes, I can see how that is absolutely true and it makes sense. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, doesn't it seem to contradict the whole idea of the man flu? Of like men lying around on the couch for weeks, getting better and whining, where women are like, ah, I've got to drag myself to work.
3: Well, I mean, this is going back to... And that's how to- I sound when I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... Yes, that's a good point, but it also you know I mean that's that's condensing things down to these very um, evolutionary animalistic right. based instincts. It doesn't mean that you know by extension, if a guy is running a temperature, he will he will put on <laughs> put on his uh, his sassy jeans and hit the <laughs> hit the club to try and find a honey. <laughs> his pajama jeans or as we just go put our snuggie on. Yes, I have a I have a Santa snuggie. Um but this
2: uh Dr. Resta from Cambridge uh talked about the genetics behind all of this and he said that the benefit of rapid recovery in males decreases owing to constant reinfection. So they're they're going out there and like mate 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 mm-hmm. um and so they're they're getting reinfected. They're not giving their bodies time to heal. Um and over time, this is actually selected for lower resistance in males. Because think about it. If the guys who are getting sick are still going out there and reproducing, mm-hmm. then all these babies are selected for having lower immune systems or, or being more prone to reinfection. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this, yeah, like he says, Restov says, this ultimately leads to males with higher susceptibility or exposure than females and developing lower immunocompetence.
3: But not everybody is on board, of course, with this idea of uh, of a major gender difference right. in immune system responses. Don J. Diamond, who is the director of a translational vaccine research and a professor of virology at City Hope in California, is a total skeptic. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, well, riddle me this. Why <laughs> has there never been a gender-specific vaccine? Right. Boys and girls will get like if if you take a boy and a girl to get their tetanus shot, they're going to get the same dosage. Right, exactly. He said that there has never been a vaccine released for
2: human use that has used a different dose for male and female.
3: But then he goes on to uh, give give women some <laughs> some more props. I really like this episode because it it's it's one rare time when it's like yeah, we we're just across the board. Sorry, fellas, we are um. Uh, stronger animals in this sense. He says that women are better at being sick because we have an innately higher pain tolerance allowing us to, you guessed it, have babies. Right. We're pushing out babies all the time. Yeah. So we can deal with it. Although, I mean, I
2: whimper at a paper cut, so I'm not sure how much that applies to me. But yeah, he, he says that women seem to tough
3: out the flu better. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, maybe your whimpering at a paper cut implies that you have higher levels of testosterone.
1: <laughs> this episode of Stuff Mom Never Told You is brought to you by HelloFresh. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new Smart Electric Toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more.
0: The Quip Smart Brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth, so you can track when you're brushing, get tips, you can earn points, and you can redeem those points for rewards.
1: Already have a Quip? Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com slash stuff mom right now to get your first refill free. That is your first refill free at getquip.com slash stuff mom. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash stuff mom. Quip. Better oral health, made simple and rewarding.
2: Another interesting place where men and women differ as far as immune systems involves post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. Um, Men show no immune response in regard to PTSD, but women have a strong one. Um, And people with PTSD have been shown to have higher rates of cardiovascular disease and arthritis, which are diseases associated with chronic inflammation. And this has to do with um, cell signaling pathways. Mm -hmm. So basically, to try to boil it down and not confuse myself or the listeners, um, because women have this stronger immune system and stronger immune system response, um, we tend to um, have more inflammation Yes. because of this response. So in two of the three pathways... Uh, referenced in this this study about inflammation. Two of the three pathways associated with inflammation. There was evidence of signaling for inflammation. But in the third pathway, men had increased signaling, which led to less inflammation, and women had decreased signaling, which could lead to more inflammation. And that's hard to break down. But basically, um, when women have PTSD and stress and anxiety and all this stuff, our immune system... Is not helping with inflammation
3: right, and here 's where um, the the scales begin to tip in terms of women 's stronger or maybe finer tuned immune systems because uh, since since they might be a little a little more uh, sensitive for lack of a better word, it can also lead to Immune hyper, Immunity hyperactivity mm-hmm. um, And that's one reason why um, this These gender differences among the uh, chronic diseases Associated with PTSD might affect more women And also why autoimmune diseases Such as celiac disease, inflammatory bowel disease Multiple sclerosis, psoriasis, vitiligo And so forth affect women far more frequently than men because autoimmune diseases happen when your immune system actually starts attacking healthy cells. There are no foreign invaders. Your body just kind of goes into, uh, into overdrive. And as a result, autoimmune diseases target women 75% of the time. So in exchange for you know men perhaps having some rougher or at least wimpier days in bed every winter, we get we get psoriasis. <laughs> <laughs> not oh. to not to laugh at having psoriasis, but uh, but that's the that's called a give and take, my friends. Right, and I mean a lot of people have autoimmune disorders
2: in this country. They affect 23.5 million Americans. But most
3: of that number are women. Mm-hmm. And especially minority women mm-hmm. are the most affected by autoimmune diseases. Um, and <laughs> compounding problems even more, a lot of these are, are difficult to diagnose. Right, until it's almost too late to yeah. do anything about it. And um, and doctors might, uh, what was this, according to a 2001 survey from the Autoimmune Diseases Association, over 45% of patients with autoimmune diseases were simply labeled chronic complainers. Right. Which is just like when we talked about
2: in our anxiety podcast, Mm -hmm. women who go in with symptoms like shortness of breath, uh, not sleeping well, chest pressure, pain. Are, the doctors are like, oh, here's a prescription for anxiety or antidepressant medication, whereas men might be taken more seriously
3: right. and get a full workup. It's, it's kind of a, a similar effect here. And uh, these immune system differences also come up with how our bodies respond to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right. Alcohol, as
2: many of you know, uh, acts as an immune immunosuppressant, but it suppresses everyone's immune system, men and women. But the thing is, it affects women more.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol consumption in women will initially cause a spike in estrogen production and then a major drop-off in right. estrogen production. And these fluctuations affect the production
2: of cytokines? And those are immune cells,
3: and in men, it causes a decrease in testosterone. so so if there so de- if testosterone then is an immunosuppressant, and that level is going down. Well, but alcohol is an immunosuppressant also. So so it's whew. just it's
2: all like all the holes are getting plugged.
3: So the moral of that story is drinking is not good for you.
2: <laughs> right. Well, now the, the study uh, about alcohol and the immune system did point out that, um, you know, people who drink, like, one glass of red wine, we've heard people say mm-hmm. this, that, like, if you have one glass of red wine a day, it's not going to kill you, and, and that wine, ha- red wine has... Um, Is it antioxidants? Yeah, there we go. Um, but
3: it's when you're drinking the whole bottle
2: mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, well, now you're going to get sick, maybe.
3: Maybe we get so sick um, in the wintertime, then not so much because of the, uh, the cold weather, but because of all the holiday parties that are <laughs> happening. We're drinking more, Very well maybe. could be. Maybe we
2: need to kiss people more, which leads
3: me to my next point. So perhaps mistletoe is the vaccine of the holiday season because... I do have a segue here, people. 2009 study found that kissing might be an important part of building our immune systems. Now, before we go any further, if you have a cold right now, this does not mean you need to start making out with somebody. No, you
2: should have taken care of this before you got the cold.
3: Right, right. because uh, because you can pass along many germs, including oral herpes. Right through through open mouth kissing. So be selective in your time of kissing Wait, wait but we got to explain the relationship between immunity and, oh we can you mean we can't just leave it at that yeah. okay um <laughs> grab the nearest person
2: well uh the study showed that the longer you kiss a person your partner or whoever and and six months is the ideal this is for a woman kissing length of time right this is really focused on women kissing women kissing whoever <laughs> anybody um, That the more likely she is to be immune to the cytomegalovirus, which almost sounds like a dinosaur, cytomegalovirus, I don't know, It's like an evil, it has spikes, that virus. Sounds like a Um, transformer. Right, but it makes her more likely to be immune to the cytomegalovirus if she gets pregnant. And that virus, that particular virus, is is pretty um, harmless if you just happen to get it now, but it can actually really do a lot of damage to a fetus. So I imagine anything called a
3: megalovirus (laughs) can wreak terrible havoc. Especially a cytomegalovirus.
2: (laughs) Um, But yeah, and and this is not, scientists don't think that this is why kissing originated. Mm -hmm. Um, It had more to, oh, this is so gross. It had more to do with they think that we um, regurgitated food for our kids, like birds. What's so gross about that, Caroline? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. That's how you eat your lunch. I forgot. It's just just food. Come on. It's just food. But anyway, when that happened, it also passed along germs and Mm -hmm. spit and whatever else. And uh, So that's how the the offspring would be more immune to, you know, sickness and
3: whatnot. Uh, But this study also, or the article talking about this um, study also urged readers to um not kiss your pets oh god this is gross well i don't understand why people let pets
2: lick them on the face anyway well see i, w- I was thinking like anything that licks its butt
3: what if i kiss my cat's head well that's fine oh it your just cat's means tongue like, your cat's tongue can't reach its head oh, so right so that kissing i i just read it as like you know given your little no no little they they, they mean then, like,
2: like do not let and pe- i know i have seen people do this and i think it's disgusting um, yeah, just send me angry mail. Go ahead. But <laughs> if you let your pet lick you on the mouth, uh-huh. I mean, pet, think, just think about where your pet's tongue has been. It's possible that you could get several gross sicknesses and worms and whatever if you let your pet French
3: kiss you. I wish I, people could see the look on your face right now, because <laughs> it, it is sheer horror. Pain, pain. Um, so, yeah, so don't don't kiss your dog, but you can <laughs> you can kiss people. Right, kiss people,
2: uh, ideally one person for a significant length of time to build Six up. Six months. Right, to build up immunity to that person's. Yeah stuff that he's carrying around
3: maybe that should be the new benchmark for uh, for when you call someone your your boyfriend like once well, once you're immune to each other's junk i'm protected against cytomegalovirus so, so i think we can we can take things to the next level now
2: but yeah they were saying they were saying that basically if you are with someone that you might want to have babies with mm-hmm. you should be kissing them for at least six months before you decide to get
3: pregnant <laughs> to be immune to the
2: cytomegalovirus how romantic
3: yeah. So enough about kissing. We gotta we gotta answer our original question. Right. Because we've established that yes, there are gender differences in immune systems. It seems like our X chromosome, our additional X chromosome, and our estrogen might protect us as and us by us I mean women, uh, a little better for the long haul. Although it can cause our immune systems to go into overdrive and lead to a bunch of autoimmune disorders, which is a downer. Right. Uh, but our original question is about man flu. This whole thing of uh, you know do men are men getting sicker more often or at least more loudly <laughs> during the winter? Mm-hmm. What do you think?
2: Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I. I complain a lot when I'm sick. So I'm really, I'm not one to talk. After all that smack I talked earlier, I really can't talk. Maybe you get you get uh, you get a little man flu. <laughs> Look, Kristen, that's the second time you've insinuated
3: that oh, I'm too no, much gosh. testosterone. I'm sorry. We're gonna um. fight about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, whether or not man flu is or is not real, and guys listening right now, I want to hear from you, and I really hope that uh, you've not taken offense. I genuinely or any know. girlfriends or mothers who've taken care of men, yeah, or boyfriends taking oh, care. Oh yeah, of, hey, whatever. Care of guys. Um, so this is from Medical News Today. Uh, a study from Bennington Healthcare Society in the UK. They found that women tend to phone in sick to work more often. Whether or not man flu is real, uh, over the entirety of our careers, women will phone in sick 189 times. Men will do it only 140 times. But listen to this the average adult only takes three and a half sick days per year. We are some tough cookies.
2: Well, but don't you think those numbers, I mean, to, t- to kind of go off the, on a side thing. Anyway, don't you think that those numbers could
3: reflect that, like, mothers yes. take time off for their children? Yeah, I think that absolutely could account for the difference. Um, and even though we are calling in a little bit more often um, and blaming it on stomach bugs, dizziness, and viruses most often, women, no matter what, feel a lot guiltier making that call or sending that email and we will try to work anyway whereas men uh, like feel guilty like half as often well good for them good for everyone so go home even <laughs> everybody go home don't pass your your sickness who cares who has the the better immune system if you're coughing at work yeah either drink some water and get rid of that tickle in your throat or go home.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, now that we've talked about how man flu gives men the opportunity to be more vulnerable mm-hmm. and that women power through and 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 yet take more sick days.
3: Maybe we take more sick days because we're feeling so guilty when we are sick that it's only exacerbating our symptoms we
2: become more anxious and then we get an autoimmune disorder I feel
3: like a lot of pet theories have come up in my brain yeah. during this podcast we don't kiss your pets that yes the moral of the story is, is what I want to leave you with don't kiss your pets and on the mouth on, yeah on the mouth um, and yeah let us know your thoughts on uh, I want to hear other people's pet theories about this whole man flu thing and men I'm talking to you too what do you, what do you think Mom stuff at HowStuffWorks.com is the email address. And I have a funny story to share right now.
0: This episode is brought to you by
1: Arches and Halo.
0: Arches and Halos Professional Brow Grooming. Be bold, be you. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So we know, listeners, it's been rough for a lot of people out there. And we've been very open about our experiences with therapy and how it's been so helpful for us in the past and in the present. And because of that, we wanted to highlight a service that we think might be of help to you all. BetterHelp, which offers licensed online counselors who are trained to listen
1: and to help. You can talk with your counselors in a private online environment at your own convenience from wherever you're comfortable. And BetterHelp counselors have expertise in a broad range of areas.
0: They can give you access to help that might not be available in your area. And you just have to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with a counselor in under 48 hours.
1: BetterHelp is an affordable option, and our listeners get 10% off your first month with a discount code MOMSTUFF. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash MOMSTUFF.
0: That's better BetterHelp.com slash MOMSTUFF. Talk to a therapist online and get help.
3: Uh, and this is from Derek. And he was writing to share a story about our Slasher Halloween podcast. He starts out, I was surprised to hear no mention of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. In this film, Mark Patton plays the role of the screaming, typical female slasher lead, yet is seemingly a total homosexual. Shower scenes, dreams of gay bars, along with explicit thoughts of young boys' gym teacher, have dubbed this movie by Cracked.com the most unintentional gay horror movie of all time. I've been married to my husband for about two years, and we spent our belated honeymoon in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Among the little shops downtown, we quickly fell in love with a little craft store. The owner of the store was incredibly kind to us, gave us a whole itinerary and list of fa- favorite places to check, up, check out, and it wasn't until the final day of the trip when we were visiting the shop owner that I recognized an action figure of Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street 2 sitting on the shelf. The resemblance between this little toy and the store's owner was so uncanny I couldn't help but comment. Lo and behold, (laughs) the shop owner was Mark Patton himself, the ultimate gay horror movie star tucked away in the beautiful hills of Puerto Vallarta. Interesting. So that's a fun story. Mark Patton. Yeah, tourist
2: destination. I'll have to check out Nightmare on Elm Street too. Uh, I'm going to say that I will, but I probably won't. (laughs) I don't watch many horror movies. So thanks uh, to Derek and Mikey for that story. Yeah. This is an email from Brielle about our uh, spy episode. She said, I really enjoyed your latest podcast on Lady Spies, but I was surprised that the recent Angelina Jolie spy film Salt never came up. This role, which was originally written for Brad Pitt, was so interesting because it didn't fit the stereotypical woman spy trope. Although I didn't find the role that revolutionary, I can easily imagine the movie with a male lead. I I actually thought it was written for uh, Tom Cruise. Maybe so, but I'm not sure. and I didn't. I don't. I didn't like that movie. I never saw it. I also didn't like want it. Angelina Jolie, please make something better.
3: Thank you, Brielle. Maybe she's listening right now. <laughs> yes, Angelina, send us your thoughts. <laughs> Mom <laughs> stuff at howstuffworks.com. You can always find us over at Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Mom Stuff Podcast. And you can head over to the blog during the week. It's stuff Mom never told you at howstuffworks.com. <laughs>
0: Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House of Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House of iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes.
4: If you crack open an American history book, it's sure to be filled with founding fathers, bloody wars, and the inventions that brought this country to the industrial age. But there's a whole other world that waits for us in the shadows. Tales of unlikely heroes, world-changing tragedies, and legends that are unique to this country's spirit. So join me, Lauren Vogelbaum, for a tour of American history unlike any other, through a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Aaron Menke's Grim and Mild. Get ready for American Shadows. Listen to American Shadows on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Allie Wentworth. How do I grow a teenager in a pandemic? Well, that's exactly what I wanna find out. In my new podcast, Go Ask Ali, I'm asking experts to help me answer that question. For example, are quarantined teenage girls more apt to Instagram nude photos? Are they somehow gonna end up on the dark web? Are teenagers getting ripped off by their new virtual education? And how do we deal with their overwhelming anxiety and uncertainty? And are they losing empathy? I'll be talking to experts and friends like my friend Brooke Shields. She'll reveal how her complicated sexual upbringing has influenced how she is as a mother to teenage girls. It's a new world, and how we raise these young humans in it determine our future. So let's share some real experiences with all new episodes releasing every other Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Allie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.